I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And this is Neurodivergent Voices, the podcast amplifying the voices and lived experience of the neurodivergent community. We're licensed occupational therapists who specialize in the brain and are neurodivergent ourselves. Join us every so often in this podcast that is for you and by you, the neurodivergent community. If you're interested in learning more about neurodiversity and joining a vibrant community of neuro-inclusive adults, head to our website, divergecommunity.com. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. Let's get to it. In this episode, you're going to hear from me, Rachel. I feel weird introing myself, so how about you just listen to my interview and find out? <laughs> All right, listen in. Whoops, one last thing before we start. We are launching our Diverge Community Membership April 1st. You can already go onto our website, divergecommunity.com, and check out what all that includes and sign up. We are seriously so excited to bring this membership to you guys. We have been working tirelessly for months to make this a valuable, vetted, and reliable resource for the neurodivergent community. We have been listening to the needs. We have been reflecting on our own. We have been reading all the literature and the research, and we are so proud to bring this to you. So go to divergecommunity.com to check it out. For the month of April, you can enjoy a 50% off if you just want to try it out, and we don't think you'll regret it. So thanks so much. All right, now enjoy or listen, whatever. All right, open. Kyra is ready too. Oh, she sure is. All righty, welcome back, everyone. Yes, welcome, welcome. All right, today we are interviewing our other co-host. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, why, hello. My name is Rachel Robertson, and this is Kyra the Corgi Robertson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you are just listening over audio, um, you can go to YouTube.com and see the cutest corgi just staring majestically at the camera yeah so highly suggest that if you just need something to play on in the background um with some cuteness (laughs) absolutely but can you share us um a little something about yourself and what you do for a living sure well a little bit about myself um i I'm currently doing Diverge Community Services Mm full-time. I am a licensed occupational therapist um, by training, and I am obsessed with the brain. I studied neuroscience and psychology in my Mm -hmm. undergrad, and I've just always been kind of entranced in its workings. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I'm doing Diverge full-time when I'm not doing Diverge. I'm spending time with my sweet corgi. Or doing woodworking, hanging out with friends, reading books, mm-hmm. listening to books. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to start Diverge? Yeah, that's a big question. That, it's a huge question. That is a big question, yeah. So I think it's pretty like multi-faceted, my answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest one is just unmet need that I really saw through my previous positions. So before I did Diverge full-time, I worked in um, like a rehabilitation residential facility for people with 
primarily with traumatic brain injury, but also a little bit of an intellectual and developmental disability. And I saw a lot of these individuals who were kind of, I don't know the right word for, not contained, but were kind of limited to a more intensive level of care than they probably really needed. Mm -hmm. And there was this massive level of frustration in these individuals who felt like they wanted more autonomy and they wanted more independence. And as an occupational therapist, my goal is what their goal is. And if mm -hmm. their goal is for increased independence, it was only a, a certain level I could get them to within a residential facility. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going back to this thought that with a little extra support in the community, they could thrive. Mm -hmm. These people could thrive. So I really, um, you know, I, I did lots and lots of research, which is one of my favorite things to do about like what were services that were available to them mm -hmm. and the population that I was really most invested in which is like individuals adults that have like chronic brain injury mm -hmm. um, and individuals who identified as neurodivergent mm -hmm. there really weren't great options for either one of them in a community setting yeah and um, from all of my research and experience as an occupational therapist, I know that the best outcomes and the most effective therapy happens in that natural environment. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of started brainstorming and thinking, I think we can do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. So when did mm -hmm. this all start? Like when did officially Diverge start for you? Yeah, officially I left my full-time job in November. So we're going on a little over three months. Where it's been diverged full time, full swing, and I've really just been trying to remain super open and fluid and just following the need. I'm an extremely curious person and I kind of like being wrong because it mm -hmm. means I get to learn and I love that. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of transforming and taking on all these different paths and I'm just running with them seeing where the need is and just following it through. So nice. I did not think I'd be doing a podcast three months ago, but it is a lifelong dream. So here we are. <laughs> so you kind of mentioned, I would assume is one of your strengths with creativity, but what are some of your other strengths that you have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am definitely a, a creative person through and through. Like Stephanie had said earlier, uh, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. Better um, than a master of one. Better than a master of one. This is true. Mm -hmm. People forget that extra part of the quote. Yes. Mm -hmm. Actually, I never had heard that. That yeah. Part, but that is... The full quote is Jack of all trades, master of none, but better than a master, master of one. one. Oh my god. Which I think, like, hello, that's way more affirming than. <laughs> yeah, and it's so holistic, yeah. right? And it's so sees the whole person and the value and being well-rounded and balanced, which we are all about as occupational therapists. Mm -hmm. But I'll be honest, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> your strengths. For My creativity. strengths! For creativity. Not, Sorry, I cut you off. Not I... working memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I would say my strengths are creativity. Um, it, it changes all over the place, like what my actual modality of creativity are, but things that have stuck out the most for me in the past are definitely woodworking. Mm -hmm. um, any sort of like home decor. Um, I've had periods of I really enjoyed sewing and making my own clothing. Just things that I don't understand, I want to understand and learn them as much as I possibly can and then I kind of move on. Mm -hmm. But woodworking has come come and gone quite a bit throughout my life. 
I actually, when I was an undergrad, started a little, uh, a little woodworking business. So technically this is my second LLC. Ooh. Did I make money? No, but I had a good time doing it. <laughs> it was a furniture company called Rustic Abode. So here we are. I love it. Um, other than creativity, I think that I have kind of a natural ability to make people feel comfortable and mm -hmm. heard and understood. I think that's another one. Yeah. So with, I hear woodworking is probably a big strength of yours and probably a special interest, but do you have any other kind of special interest mm. or that you would call a special interest? Yeah. You know... I don't really. I just, I get so much dopamine out of so many different things that I do mm -hmm. that I haven't like super latched on to any one thing mm -hmm. um, other than like things related to the brain. So I would say maybe that's a special interest of mm -hmm. mine. I haven't really like, ever thought about it as such. Mm -hmm. But brain research, learning. Like I just yeah. love, I just love listening to educational podcasts and reading dry nonfiction textbooks. I don't know why. I was going to say that could be your special interest is be, learning. Like just even the process of learning. I love learning. Yeah. I love learning. What about, <laughs> um, for most people I know, reading a dry textbook <laughs> would drain me through all my energy. <laughs> but what would be your energy drainers or spoon drainers? Yeah. I would say like not typical things, like typical hard things give me life, mm -hmm. but really basic, quote unquote, basic things for other people, mm -hmm. like planning a meal. Oh my God. That is so, so draining for me. So to come up with like a grocery list and have a plan for the week, even though it's something I can help my clients with all day, every day for myself, I just shut down. Mm -hmm. And so it looks like a lot of um, frantic in the moment at night, hating myself, thinking, oh my God, what am I going to eat tonight? And then, oh, I guess it's another cereal night. So meal planning and prep is probably, those are probably my two biggest drainers. Yeah. 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 So you... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I, I just I'm sweating a little bit now thinking about it. <laughs> the cringe, the, the full body. I love eating. <laughs> The thing is, I love eating it, and mm -hmm. I don't mind cooking, mm -hmm. but it is just the executive functioning required to, of like... planning what exactly I get, you are going to. I get so paralyzed by all mm -hmm. the decisions that go mm -hmm. into it, and I have allergies mm -hmm. and OCD, which we'll get into later, and so that just makes me not be able to feel good with any decision that I make, so... Yeah, fair enough. Related to food. Yeah. Do you and um, your husband often split that task? We sure do. I'm very, <laughs> very blessed that um, we share all the responsibilities in our adult life and mm -hmm. very grateful for it because we both work full time and we both hate cooking and meal planning <laughs> and so it's something that we bond over, our shared hatred, and mm -hmm. we get through it together. There I think he's a little bit better at it than me so he'll prompt it a little bit more and mm -hmm. he'll just like start a list and mm -hmm. once it's started I'm like, oh I could have something to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, a minute ago you kind of had a little sprinkle mention of a diagnosis you had, but mm -hmm. in general, why do you identify as neurodivergent? Is it like mm. through your diagnosis or explain more? Yeah. So honestly, even in November, I don't think I would have said that I do identify as neurodivergent. So this is very much kind of a new identity for myself and one that I am still in this kind of early stage of self-discovery and reflection and just having so many aha moments. 
Um, and so it'll probably continue to evolve as mm -hmm. this podcast progresses. But where I am right now, um, I identify as neurodivergent because I have formally been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and panic disorder. Um, but I also experience what I now know to be a lot of um, sensory differences, um, hyperactivity, both in thought and in like movement, uh, motor hyperactivity, um, executive dysfunction, up the wazoo, working memory is not great. Um, and then just reflecting back on my childhood growing up, I mean, all the signs of being neurodivergent, I think ADHD were there for mm -hmm. me. Um, I was so hypersensitive to doing any sort of like grooming and self-care tasks. Mm -hmm. So looking back at pictures of myself as a child just make me kind of sad because I'm like, my parents didn't fight it. They just allowed that to be a thing. It just wasn't a, a battle they were willing to die in. But I would like, my hair would be like in rats and I would be like wearing big baggy clothing because of those sensory differences. It's like mm -hmm. I couldn't stand getting my hair brushed. I didn't want any tight clothing and things. And so looking back on it, I'm like, oh my God, with the lens that I have now, I'm like, duh, that wasn't normal for me, you know? Mm -hmm. It was normal for me, but mm -hmm. in the scope of normal, what is that, right? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a big, big red flag for me. I also have really, really poor coordination um, and actually was in OT when I was a little kid and never made the connection of like, why I might have done that. Um, and I also had this period of, kind of a long period of selective mutism growing up where I just didn't talk at all. I was extremely painfully quiet and shy and there were like one or two people that I would communicate with at all and the rest I would just go, like I didn't even talk with my parents. It was just, mm -hmm. it made me so uncomfortable to have interactions with others. So just kind of reflecting on all this through the lens that I have now, I'm able to see it for what it was and call it for what it is. And so I'm at this place where I'm self-diagnosed with ADHD, um, but I'm in that stage of deciding whether or not I feel I need a formalized diagnosis mm -hmm. or if I'm content with a self-diagnosis. Um, and so that's kind of a process I think that you guys will be able to go on with me that I think other people can relate to as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I know a lot of times in this podcast, we talk about like this aha movement and I think you're kind of in your aha yeah. right now, right? Yeah, kind definitely. Where we have the unique experience of being able to see you kind of do this processing that a lot of people are going through. And I think it's important for others to see it in others. Yeah. And you know, Stephanie, Stephanie is a big part of why I like became aware <laughs> of this. And she also helped my mom become aware. My mom recently was formally diagnosed with like off the chart ADHD. Recently found out my grandma had it as well. One of my close friends was diagnosed with it. And like Stephanie just was able to hit it on the nose every time. She's like, Hey, have you ever heard of ADHD? And thinking back to like just how unaware I was of it, just was not even on my radar as something that could possibly be. I'm like she's not a spastic small boy, you know. Like yeah, that's just yeah. that's just the image you have. Mm -hmm. And so um, I lost my train of thought, which I do a lot, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I think I was about to say something profound, 
So we're just gonna pretend I just said something profound and be like, you Holy always shit. You always say <laughs> stuff profound. Don't don't put yourself down. Yeah. Not one oh, bit. I remember. I remember. Oh, <laughs> what I was gonna say is that it's been such like this honestly, it's been a really challenging experience to kind of come to terms and accept that I may be neurodivergent and I would say a lot of that is because of like comparison to others mm -hmm. and like downplaying or minimizing my own struggle and lived yeah. experience like just comparing what I perceive like to be the disability of others versus myself mm -hmm. um made me kind of second guess it and, and feel like guilt and shame around like identifying with that with that identity but like I would if my client told me that, or someone I cared about told me that, I'd be like, I think we got some processing to do there, lady. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to trying to practice what I preach too and care for myself and yeah. listen. Yeah. Yeah. That that was very <laughs> profound and Oh, I thank you. <laughs> I, love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, as you are kind of diving into this self discovery and being really starting a whole company. Along <laughs> with the, the people that you've cared so much for over the yeah. past couple of years, um, what do you wish people would just understand about neurodivergence in general? Mm. Okay, there's two big things. Mm -hmm. Don't let me forget the... F I want to talk about OCD a little bit more, so that's one of them, but I'm not going to start Pain, there. Pin it. We're pinning it. Pin okay. It. The other thing, which I think kind of echoes, and I'm painting back right now off of what you said, but I think it, it deserves repeating, is that there is no one model or stereotype or perfect lived experience for what neurodivergence is mm -hmm. and I think that we need to embrace the diversity that that makes it up mm -hmm. um because like I almost allowed my preconceptions and my misunderstandings to rob me of community and of greater understanding and, and improved quality of life um, so like from firsthand being able to experience the power of self-discovery within my mom and my close loved ones and myself um, I want other people to get that experience too mm -hmm. I want other people to not feel othered to not minimize their everyday challenges um, like we're all just everyday people and we all have real everyday challenges um and we need to kind of embrace that mm -hmm. and talk more about it so i think that's one thing there's no stereotype there's no must fit this mold there's this word i'm trying to think of but i can't think of it that would have been more profound than what i said but it is what it is the other thing mm -hmm. with the ocd which i didn't <laughs> take the pin <laughs> out remembered it which is great we use that pen all the time mm -hmm. um i didn't talk much about ocd so i hope i have a platform later to discuss it because no one freaking talks about OCD near enough, so understood, and it's been extremely disabling in my life. So what I would say I wish more people understood about OCD is that it is not like a, a cute, quirky personality difference. Mm -hmm. It, for a lot of people, is an extremely disabling condition that like can have nothing to do with cleanliness or orderliness at all. I happen to love organizing, but organizing is not related to my OCD. 
my OCD has been related to like religious fears, it has been related to health tendencies, intrusive thoughts of hurting others, like not at all related to organization. Mm -hmm. And so I think that part of neurodivergence has been so strongly painted in a certain light too. Mm -hmm. And I want to help show that like, hey, it's so much more than that. And it's, it's this real thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Is there anything, I know you explained to me several times, um, something specific you hear others say. Oh, thanks for, for reminding me. I know it's a, yeah. a hard topic, and but I think it's a good one to yeah. talk about. Yeah. Um, when people say, oh, I'm so OCD, and they usually use it in the context of, like, they're organizing their books and they like them in a certain way, or just kind of being particular about their preferences or knowing what they like, and they have to, like, qualify that as being so OCD, mm -hmm. then as someone who really is living with it and struggling with it, um, it, it adds to that misinformed narrative of what OCD is as this like trivial personality quirk mm -hmm. and it just takes away power of, of the lived experience. So mm -hmm. I know people don't say it with any ill intent for the most part, mm -hmm. um, but I think it is important to recognize how, like let's say instead I'm particular about this, mm -hmm. that's fine, I know what I like. Mm -hmm. But to say I'm OCD about this for someone who's not diagnosed as OCD is like saying, mm -hmm. oh, I'm so suicidal about this. I've been so schizophrenic about this lately. Mm -hmm. You know, like you would never say that. So why, why pull in another psychiatric condition in that way? It feels, yeah, we could do better, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Agreed. Is there anything else that you want to add or share about? I know we kind of <laughs> try to keep it short, but I think it's also important that yeah. We advocate our voices out there and people to listen to them, so. You know, it's so funny, Stephanie. Like, I can interview other people and talk about big ideas for days, but, like, when it comes to talking about myself, I just feel so <laughs> uncomfortable and, like, I don't know how to get my words out. And mm -hmm. so that's something I'm becoming more aware of, too. So I'm going to stop with the word vomit and just continue processing and journaling and... When I, when I have more clarity, I'll provide that. Okay. <laughs> I think um, it'll be a great time to revisit yeah. your self-discovery journey with others. So For sure. Pre, pre uh, <laughs> I know. Putting that in your brain now and for others to know too, but kind of a executive functioning self-prep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I love for it. Rachel. We're putting a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. Put it, I put in a big pin for that one. <laughs> for that. Oh, I like that as an outro. I'll put a pin in it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. For our next week's topic. <laughs> okay, I like it. Anyway. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Take care. <laughs> Carrie, you want to come say goodbye? Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Whoa, Whoa. sorry. I almost cut off her. Yay, we did it, Kyra. <laughs>